Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show with no mercy cutting no slack no I ain't the best Alright, welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast It's Dane, I'm here with Wags uh, Wags, it's time to get that bad taste out of our mouth from last week uh, Packers, Lions, Monday Night Football And I can't remember the last time a week two game was as important as this one, but I'm really curious to see how the Packers come out on week two national stage against the Detroit Lions. Yeah, we had a big game on national TV last week and came out flat, as everyone at this point already knows. And uh, there's definitely been a lot of of anger out there in in the zeitgeist, uh, I think is the best way to put it. But um, yeah, tonight, I think let's get into uh, we're talking about uh, our opponent and the Detroit Lions on Monday night and the Packers. Uh, certainly, I think as much as the opponent are going to need to be concerned about what they're doing, uh, because they're going to have to play a heck of a lot better uh, regardless uh, than they did this past Sunday. So uh, we'll be getting into that. And then, of course, I um, also just want to let you guys know, too, we're going to have another guest on tonight mm-hmm. from the Detroit Lions, uh, Zach uh, Zykoni, Um And he is uh, on the uh, Drinking the Big Kool-Aid podcast <laughs> with Detroit Lions. So he'll be joining us here in a little bit to give his perspective on the Lions, and certainly an opponent that we've been familiar with over the years, but also uh, in a bit of transition after trading for Jared Goff and letting Matthew Stafford send out to the Los Angeles Rams. So among other things, they've got a new coach, etc. cetera. So um, I'm going to be really interested to hear his perspective as well. Yeah, um, I- I'm with you. Uh, so Wags, we talked at length, and there's been a lot of commentary all week, right, about everything from last week. But I think that the Packers have a real chance right now to get that bad taste out of their mouth and come into this game on Monday night with um, a little bit more focus, a better game plan. I think across the board, there, there's a chance to um, to do that. And I, I just got to ask you, I mean, does it start with the defense this week? I'd really like to see the defense um, set the tone. I know there's a lot of conversation about Aaron Rodgers, but I thought the defensive front got manhandled early and often last week. And um, that just can't happen uh, against good teams. It certainly can happen against bad football teams. And uh, I just, I, I want to see our defensive line and the kind of that front seven, so to speak, play with a little bit more fire, with a little bit of passion, because what concerns me isn't the the one-week loss. What concerns me is that this is something that we've seen from the Packers over the last couple of years, where when they get down early, they seem to lay down against good teams, and uh, they can beat up against teams that are lesser than them, but they're a wild card against teams that are better than them. So, um, Wags, are you hopeful this week that the defense is going to work some kinks out and that the defensive front seven, and namely that defensive line, is going to be able to control the line of scrimmage? Because if we do that, I think we've got a good chance in this game. Yeah, I, I hope so. And I think there's the one thing about defense is is you can definitely bring higher energy and higher intensity and carry that out throughout the game. There is, I think, such a thing as momentum on the defensive yeah. side of the ball. Where on the offensive side of the ball, it's all about 
timing and rhythm. So, you know, you almost don't want to have too much energy because otherwise you can be a little bit kinetic and a little sporadic in, in what you're trying to do out there. Um, obviously, you want to be, uh, you know, timed in to a degree. But um, I think it's fair to say that the Packers seem to come out a little bit flat last week. And so I, I agree with you. If the defensive side of the ball can bring a little bit of extra energy, and, and that's what's you know really disappointing to me is why would that be happening? I'm not saying they didn't give effort or didn't try, mm-hmm. but there just wasn't a lot of spark. And, and that's that's troubling because that was something that we saw with this defense last year, the year before. It seems like every year we've gotten games that the defense will look really good, get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. And then there's other weeks where they just seem a little bit flat or a step slow for whatever reason. So um, hopefully this is a week that they can turn it on because uh, as we'll talk about in a little bit, may not be a ton of household names on this Detroit Lions roster, but they do have some talented guys in the skill position. I mean, it, this is the NFL. You're not going to face a team that doesn't have guys that can hurt you. So, um, and I don't think aside from the Saints offensive line and Alvin Kamara, um, you would have talked a lot about what they could do to hurt you, but they did it. So did. we can't <laughs> take anyone for granted. And we're definitely going to need a better performance from this defense this week. Yeah, and I think that some fans will look to, you know, the Niners were able to get out to a big lead last week against Detroit. Um, you know, I'll be up front. I haven't watched all of the tape of that game, but I watched a little bit of it, and the, and the Lions were able to get back into it in the second half. And I think something that really concerns me about this Detroit uh, Lions offense in particular is the Packers have had difficulty uh, against the run. And they've got DeAndre Swift. They've got our old friend Jamal Williams. And uh, those are guys that both looked really good last week. Anybody, I, I know fantasy football is a lot different than real football, uh, but I think both those guys are top fantasy guys last week. It says a lot, right, that they are able to do that against, I think, a pretty good San Francisco team, especially in the second half, charging back. So, um, Wags, that's just something that I want to keep an eye on. Are there any individual players – uh, on the offensive side for Detroit that you're kind of circling or, or you share concerns with the running game of Detroit and and not only the running game but the short pass game out of the backfield you and I both have seen it Jamal Williams can just gut teams out of the backfield he's got soft hands he's a good pass protector well I'm always concerned about the opposing running back don't get me wrong but uh, for me it starts with TJ Hawkinson after mm-hmm. seeing what the Saints tight ends did to us last week particularly in the red zone uh, TJ Hawkinson it takes it up another level and uh, he he's not right now considered one of the top three tight ends in football but and by the end of the season and or by next year he might be there because Good point. I'll, I'll tell you what, this guy's talented and he gets tons of opportunities as well in this Detroit offense. He's the definitely the primary pass catcher, a uh, huge target, really good athlete. He was a top 10 pick, uh, you know, two seasons ago for a reason. Uh, so he's uh, really coming into his own. I think last year uh, wasn't necessarily consistent week to week, which is very normal for young tight ends. I don't care how good you are, uh, but uh, expect big things from TJ Hawkinson this year. And this is a Packer defense that I don't know 
who's going to draw the assignment on TJ because uh, based on what I saw against the Saints last week, I'm not sure they have any one guy uh, that's going to match up really good against him. So uh, it might be something where they're going to have to uh, put a little bit of extra attention in addition to trying to chip them on the line of scrimmage. They might have both a linebacker and someone over the top uh, keeping an eye on TJ Hawkinson quite a bit uh, when he's out there this week. Uh, game plan for the Packers defense. I've got to think it's um, it's twofold. You want to do this every week, so I don't think I'm saying anything that's that's remarkable here. But if the if the Packers can get up early, I think that what we'd really like to see, and this is my personal opinion, is Jared Goff with the ball in his hands trying to come back against the Packers. Um, we faced Jared Goff recently. We played him last season in the playoffs against the Rams. And the the Packers just took care of business against him. New season, new defensive coordinator, new team for Jared Goff. Um, I think Goff at times, though, can get hot. He can can take what the defense gives him. So I think it's really going to be important early for the Packers offense, obviously, to to get some points. But but even more so, this Packers team, I don't care who it is back there, uh, if you're not getting after the quarterback and and their jersey is going to be clean, um, we're going to have a lot of problems. And I thought that last week at times, um, more often than not, the pass rush looked pretty, pretty, pretty brutal. Um, there, there were at times, particularly where um, Garvin and uh, Chauncey Rivers were out there at the same time, that signaled to me that Zadarius Smith wasn't feeling 100%. And when they were both out there at the same time, um, it, it was rough. It, it was basically those guys were st- stood up. Uh, consistently. And now granted, that's a very good Saints offensive line, but um, you know, that was a bit of a cause for concern on, on the plus side. I was, I, of all the, the, the um, maligned players uh, on this, uh, on this defense from last week, Preston Smith wags, I thought actually played pretty well. He looked faster. He looks a little slimmer. I know that he, he worked to drop a little bit of weight in the off season, um, but he just looked more like himself from 2019 and less 2020. So if we're looking for some silver linings from last week and somebody that I'm looking to really carry over into week two, I'm hopeful Preston Smith can continue to flash because I thought um, he might've been one of the better standouts on the defensive side last week. And if he can do that this week, another week, for Zadarius to get a little bit more healthy, I'm going to feel a lot better about our chances against this uh, this front five of the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I'm kind of in, I'll believe it when I see it mode after the performance mm-hmm. last week, to be honest with you. Um, 49ers, pass rushers, I mean, I like our guys when they're on. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. 49ers arguably have, have one of the best, if not the best, uh, pass rush in the league when they're all healthy. Uh, they were able to get home for a few sacks last week with D Ford and Nick Bosa and still got through the ball 57 times and was able to keep fighting. And this, this, this was a one score game in the fourth quarter and 49ers. I don't know how good they'll be this year, but they had, you know, injuries up and down the roster last year and got most of their key guys back healthy. Mm-hmm. And I get it. A lot of these points came in garbage time, but you can't let, let up your guard because, yeah, I I know Jared Goff isn't someone that's typically going to strike fear into most people and probably shouldn't when you're comparing him to other quarterbacks around the league. But 
we all thought that we were going to get Jameis Winston for a couple, you know, a couple interceptions last week and we couldn't even touch him. And so we're going to have to get pressure on Jared Goff. And even with the pressure he showed last week that he's capable of of doing some damage if if you give him some opportunities to do that. So uh, yeah, it's going to start with the guys up front, Uh, the guys in the secondary, I thought actually did some pretty good things in coverage uh, for a lot of the game. We had a couple of breakdowns that we talked about in our post game, Uh, but they need some help. They need uh, these guys up front to be able to get home um, and uh, put the Lions in more longer down and distance situations uh, so that they're not facing third and four or, you know, second and short consistently. Um, so, yeah, they're going to need to take advantage of, of opportunities that they get and, and play at a higher level than they did in week one. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, Kevin King, have we seen the last of Kevin King as a starter on this defense? I, I, I expect to see a heavy dose of Eric Stokes this week. I, I just thought that King got torched a couple times again. And, um, you know, I don't like piling on dudes, but I, I just I think that Stokes looked like he was flashing talent. Uh, you mentioned some of those guys in the defensive backfield last week playing well. I would agree with you. Um, but I thought that the glaring weakness there was once again, Kevin King. And I know the fan base is, is sometimes looking for a, a scapegoat, but um, the facts are the facts. He, he looked a little lost again this last week and we drafted Stokes for a reason. I, I personally think that it's probably time to, to lessen King's uh, role on the defense and put Stokes in because, uh, and I hate to say this, but he's not going to do much worse. Uh, and I'd really like to see Stokes. I think his upside's through the roof. Yeah. I was surprised he only got, what was it like seven or eight snaps? Not many. Yeah. So while I agree, I don't know if it's going to happen yet this week. Uh, It might be a situation that the coaches haven't seen quite enough from him and practiced yet. Despite what we've seen out there, uh, I guess there is a reason why he wasn't getting as many snaps last week. So I don't know if it's a cold Turkey thing where Eric Soaks just goes out there and takes all of Kevin King's snaps and vice versa or if they're going to ease him in and he'll get more opportunities Mm -hmm. as the weeks go on. But for me, he can't get out there soon enough. You know, we've got, I said it after the game. um, I I hate tearing down guys individually, but Kevin King just is not a starting corner in this league anymore. I'm sorry. Um, And when he's playing 10, 15 yards off the guy and he still gets beat deep, uh, we've got problems when he's, he doesn't have awareness of where he is on the field. And, I, you know, collisions and things happen in football, but he's running into his own man and basically setting a pick on him. And the, and the opposing team gets an easy, you know, pass into the corner of the end zone for a touchdown. Uh, that's a problem. Um, it seems like every time uh, we're giving up a big play, uh, Kevin King seems to be involved. And I, 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 it's really frustrating for me. And I know it's really frustrating for Packer fans. Um, and it's tough to sit here and single out a guy. Uh, but I think he needs to take a back seat, be a backup. Uh, let's get the young kid out there, see what he has. And, uh, you know, maybe Kevin King can contribute in more of a support role uh, than being a, a primary uh, coverage guy out there. Um, if he takes a step back, perhaps he can still be an asset to this defense in a smaller role. I don't know. I know that's me being really optimistic, but I just don't think he should belongs out there as a starter. 
I don't know if it, that's, I guess, the frustrating thing with this is I don't know if it's optimistic or not because last season was last season, but you know, prior to that, when healthy, he's played well at times. So it's not like he just forgot football and he's still a young man. So I hear you. That's why I don't want to be the guy who's completely off the, the train because we've seen glimpses of really good football from him. I'm off the train. <laughs> but, but you're yeah, off the train. Ahead. And that's yeah. that's where I'm at. Is And I hear you. Is I, I'm getting there myself. And I, I, I admit that sometimes I'm the last guy on the train. Uh, Mike McCarthy comes to mind. I was, I didn't want him fired longer than probably anybody in Green Bay. Um, but with King, I'm starting to get there as well. And I, I think it's time as well. So it's just, it's frustrating to see. Uh, and I'm wondering when the coaching staff pulls that trigger. Yeah. I'm less concerned with is, who's starting and as much as who's playing. Yeah. You know, so, so we'll see. Um, if, if, uh, Stos gets more snaps out there, I would expect that he will. I'd be pretty surprised if he isn't getting more snaps out there this week. Uh, if it comes entirely at Kevin King's expense, we shall see. But um, clearly we need to to get more speed out there on the defense and out on the boundary. And I think that's what Eric Stokes can give you. Wags, did you see, I don't know if you noticed, it looks like Vernon Scott is playing uh, practice today, which is good news. He's been out. Um, uh, Darnell Savage practiced today, which is really good news. Uh, he had a shoulder issue. Um, but it sounds also, uh, according to uh, some of the Packer beat writers, that Zadarius Smith wasn't there at all altogether today. Um, so does that concern you? That makes me scratch my head a little bit. Um, I don't want to read too much into it, but um, that concerns me a little bit that he wasn't on the field today. Yeah, um, the game's not till Monday. So this this is essentially Wednesday for this week, or for all intents and purposes. Uh, so that's the only downside uh, mm-hmm. of recording here Thursday night for the Monday night game uh, is uh, it'll really more matter uh, what happens tomorrow and even Saturday. Uh, so we'll have to keep an eye on it. But Zadarius wasn't out there all that much on Sunday. And right. uh, obviously uh, had a, 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 basically a late hit penalty that was not a good not no. a good penalty. It sounds like the NFL uh, did uh, talk to uh, Coach LaFleur and the Packers and, and essentially admitted that it was a bad call, which doesn't do us any good. But, um, I, you know, it, the game was pretty much out of hand at that point, so it's not like it decided the game. But it would have been nice uh, if the Packers would have had an opportunity to get a little bit of positive momentum coming out of that play. That was probably the biggest play of the game. Um, and, and it didn't count. So that's, that's probably the worst part about it, but, um, yeah, we need them out there. We were just talking at the top, how important it is to get our pass rush going and he's got to get healthy too. So if he needs to rest, so be it, but he hasn't been out on the field much, um, all preseason didn't get much practice time at all, uh, was limited last week and, and didn't have many snaps. So, um, I'm not sure if we should expect to see him out on the field all that much this coming week either, but hopefully he's good enough to suit up and, and give us give us enough plays that he can make, make some difference out there. Yeah, on the offensive side, it looks like um, Josiah DeGuara and uh, Lucas Patrick were both out with concussions. Um, the DeGuara injury, I wasn't sure what was wrong with him. But he when he went down, but when all the guys were around him on their knee, I was pretty concerning. It turns out is a, a head issue. So uh, uh, as you mentioned, um, you know it'll be telling later this week. Mike Gut tells me he may not end up playing. Lucas Patrick, I, I didn't see that injury happen. 
Um, but, but um, you know, that could mean some more shuffling around on the offensive line, likely with uh, John Runyon Jr. getting the call at that guard spot would be my guess. So just a couple other notables. And I think, um, you know, another iteration of that offensive line would be something to take a look at. I will say another positive from last week, though, Wags, is Elton Jenkins, Pro Football Focus does their ratings, and he was the a top three offensive lineman last week, which is absolutely remarkable. Uh, I, I just I know the offensive line doesn't get as much love as, as, across you know national media, but Elton Jenkins to be able to go from guard to you know center last year, now playing left tackle, one of the hardest positions in all of football, and to be graded out as one of the top at that position for a week is absolutely incredible. And I've just got to think big picture. I don't know if he ever goes back to guard or center. Um, he may end up being the right tackle for the Packers pretty soon just to maximize his value because he's he's playing that high of a level. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to be playing guard much longer. So it's just something to keep an eye on there as well. Yeah, we need him at guard, though, because we struggled inside a little bit. I thought Turner was pretty good in his mm-hmm. – or I'm sorry, not – not Turner. Um, I, I apologize. Um, the, the Josh Myers at center Myers. was pretty okay. good in his first start, but Royce Newman struggled uh, quite a bit. And um, I was surprised speaking of pro football focus that Lucas Patrick graded out as, as high as he did. The eye test didn't really say that for me from what I was seeing. He seemed like he was on skates quite a bit um, on Sunday, but you know, the offensive line, we talked about it after the game, they held up. We, we we thought that they did pretty solid. Obviously, we didn't run the ball at all, but that wasn't the fault of the offensive line. We just didn't actually run the ball. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think the knee-jerk thing when you look at Aaron Rodgers having an awful game is usually it's because he's under, you know, a huge amount of pressure, and that just wasn't the case. Uh, unfortunately, Aaron just had a bad, a terrible game, really. <laughs> um, but it, it wasn't the offensive line. They, uh, he, they were giving him time to throw. Uh, so I, I think that was a positive development. I think if we get that level of protection, uh, especially and stay healthy for the most part uh, until, and can weather the storm until Bakhtiari gets back, uh, we'll be fine. Um, because I know Aaron Rodgers is going to be much, 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 much better than that uh, moving forward. Uh, so uh, And we'll get the run game going. And it, it, it's one of those things that this last game was kind of like uh, when we went and, and played the Chargers uh, a couple years mm-hmm. ago, uh, the game was just weird uh, for a few things. Packers stunk, but the game flow was just really, really strange as well. Uh, not something that typically happens. So, um, yeah, um, I think John Runyon, I support it. I, I think I'd like to see what he can do out there anyway, just based on what we saw this last week, uh, whether that would have been Lucas Patrick or uh, Royce Newman, uh, maybe uh, stepping aside. Uh, to give John Ronin an opportunity. Uh, you could argue one way or the other, but uh, I liked what we saw out of him last year. Uh, so let's see if he can be even maybe just a little, a little bit more stout uh, and shore up that interior offensive line just a little bit more as well this week, because uh, we're going to need to get that run game going this week. Uh, we can't have the, a repeat performance of what we saw last week. Wags, I know I know we're going to have a guest uh, joining us shortly here. So a couple things that I want to fit in before he's able to join. Um, first, a lot's been made of the cover two defense and that teams, um, 
have had a lot of success against Aaron Rodgers when in the cover two. Um, what do you make of that? I, I know that Rodgers, I, I believe it was today at his press conference said, you know, that means we might have to, um, you know, really concentrate on, on the run game to, to open things up a little bit more, but just for big picture, what do you make of that? And do you expect to see more teams playing that cover two against Aaron Rodgers until he can beat it? Yeah, it, we might. It's not like it's nothing he's seen before. Um, so again, it's really more about timing, like you said, uh, not giving up on the running game. You got to be able to run if they're gonna if you're gonna have defenses doing that to you. Um, obviously, the Packers falling behind seventeen nothing yeah. doesn't doesn't help things because now you're even more playing into that type of defense. It makes it hard to get down the field quickly. Um, uh, it's 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 sort of a bend but don't break uh, defense, and and that can be effective when you're playing playing with a lead, especially a two to three score lead. Um, so clearly the Packers got frustrated by it. Again, it's not like it's nothing that Aaron Rodgers has seen before. So I'm not concerned about that. It's it's really more about the timing um, and is he in a rhythm and is he on the same page with his receivers and tight ends and his running backs for that matter that are out uh, for pass catches because if if not then it's going to make it a, a really long day at the office again mm. um so uh, yeah they'll have extra coverage but you know it's 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 nothing new so i i don't really take too much out of that it, it's really more about what the packers are doing uh, as much as what the opposing defenses are doing there's really not a lot of defenses in today's nfl that are designed to even slow down effective and well-executed offense. So uh, if the Packers can play better offense and execute at a higher level, uh, then we're going to forget about that in a hurry. So, um, yeah, and speaking of guests, uh, so I'm really excited to have Zach Zykany uh, from the Big Blue uh, Kool-Aid, drinking the Big Blue Kool-Aid, I'm That's sorry, right. podcast, Detroit <laughs> Lions. And so, Zach. Yeah. Um, How's it going, have, Zach? We're What's really going glad. On, What's going on, Andrew? Nice to be we're, here. We're really glad to have you on. And uh, <laughs> so, I mean, maybe to start with, we've had a little bit of transition now. Obviously, Matthew Stafford gets traded to the Rams. Now we've got Jared Goff oh, yeah. in the building. New coach, uh, head coach with uh, Dan Campbell. Motor uh, so, City, Dan Campbell. That's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so we, caps. We wanted, I, I think we, I saw Aaron Rodgers say he was going to wear some knee pads this week, right? <laughs> <laughs> So, so give us your perspective. Uh, what, what, what are you seeing uh, early on uh, in uh, Coach Campbell's tenure, and uh, what are you seeing with this new look Detroit uh, Lions team? Well, it's very new look. That's for certain. A lot of turnover, um, as you mentioned. Obviously, Stafford going to the Rams in the offseason in uh, favor of Jared Goff and a couple first round draft picks, and then Matt Stafford has one of the best games ever uh, his first night in the Rams offense, of course. But uh, you know what? Dan Campbell, uh, it's been quite the offseason. Definitely wasn't the honeymoon phase uh, for a long time there. Now we got one loss on the board. But that's all right because we still, you know, through the first half of the game, it looked like Matt Patricia 2.0 in terms of uh, the debut, debut uh, where Matt Patricia, they had to pick six to start against the Jets on Monday Night Football, then ended up being 41-7. to We lost. It was 38-10, to and this or 41-10 to in this game. But – the difference in this one is that we fought back in the fourth quarter, which is something we did not see at the end of the Matt Patricia era. There was a 20 nothing loss in Carolina where we just looked like dead man walking. I don't know if you guys watched the Lions-Buccaneers game last year on Christmas Day, but it was truly, truly one of the worst games you'll ever see a team play. Uh, so Dan Campbell, 
Uh, this is a roster that is very young. I mean, the secondary has three undrafted rookie free agents in it. Uh, and then the, the oldest, the most uh, veteran guy was uh, a warrior who's been there for three mm-hmm. years. So it is really young. The, the team as a whole is pretty young. Um, but I love this coaching staff. And Dan Campbell, he assembled a very, you know, veteran coaching staff. Anthony Lynn, Aaron Glenn, Aubrey Pleasant is a uh, defensive backs coach who made a lot of headlines for yelling at Akuda um, last week. Deuce Staley, uh, assistant head coach last running backs coach. So I love the staff that they have. That doesn't include John Dorsey at the top as well. It really starts with Chris Spielman, who was hired to bring all these people in and build this culture. And and Brad Holmes and everybody, this whole thing is just so different from what we've experienced in Detroit for such a long time, especially, especially coming from the Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia era. So Zach, looking looking at the, some of the offensive weapons here, we were talking before you jumped on, um, your running backs, you've got a lot of talent at that running back position. Um, yeah, sure. And, uh, uh, you know, you're really going to enjoy Jamal Williams. <laughs> we, we miss him already uh, here. In, we enjoy in, him in the uh, first game. He was really good in the first game. He's a heck of a player. Uh, I, I'm curious, um, from the wide receiver position, uh, mm. a lot of young guys there. Um, we're, we're familiar with Quintus Cephas, uh, Wisconsin Badger alum, but uh, yeah. across the board, who, who are the kind of guys, um, you know, who are the guys that you think are, are dangerous and that Packer fans and you think the Packers defense would likely to be keeping an eye on this week? Well, um, the first game was a little rough for the wide receivers because through three quarters they had 15 yards receiving total. <laughs> um, and to be honest with you, going into the season, we thought Tyrell Williams would be our number one, and he is most likely out with a concussion this week. Okay. Um, so it will be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, but I would imagine our top receiver is Quintez Cephas. Um, but he, he's not a guy that's going to burn you by any means down the field. If you're looking for a burner type, um, probably Khalif Raymond, a, a no-namer, uh, but a, just a really shifty guy. Amon Ross St. Brown, our fourth-round wide receiver draft pick this year, um, looked good on the, on the couple attempts that he had um, in the game. Uh, Jared Goff overthrew him on one deep down the field as well. Uh, Trinity Benson, a guy we picked up from the Broncos right at the season. And I mean, this is truly a wide receiver core that is um, a lot of one-year deals. Okay. A, lot, the, a lot of these guys we probably won't see next year. But a lot of really scrappy guys. But, again, I think it comes down more to Goff, honestly, than it does the receivers. Like, for instance, Tyrell Williams last week, he got a concussion, but it wasn't on him. Uh, Jared Goff hit him probably a second and a half too late in that allow the safety to come up and hit him in the, the crown of the helmet. It, that doesn't happen if Goff is on time with his throws. So if he can find that timing a little better, I like our wide receivers to do better than they did in the first game. But because this is a, this is the stats in the first game. TJ Hawkinson are tight on eight catches, 97 yards. Swift and Williams, 65 and 56 yards respect, respectively, with 24 catches between those three. Uh, so <laughs> – the wide receivers only showed up in fourth quarter when we were down 31 points. Um, so there is a lot of work to do there. Uh, so I I think you would probably have the advantage. But, again, I, I think it comes down more to golf and the, the scheming, uh, per se, because I, I want to attack Kevin King in this game. I know that for sure. Let's we were just that. talking about Kevin. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking before you got on that, um, you know, the Kevin King – uh, conundrum, if you mm-hmm. will. But mm-hmm. and, and the thing that concerns me is that the, the guys you mentioned, Hawkinson and then and then your running backs, 
that's kind of the weakness of the Packers uh, pass defense aside from Kevin King. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Packers try to match up with those guys and, and try to take at least something away uh, as much as they can uh, on the defensive side of the ball for Detroit. Obviously, you know, a significant loss, uh, losing Jeff Akuda to injury. So in the secondary, who do you Brutal. see as someone that's going to step up? And how can, can you fill us in on what we should expect to see from the Detroit secondary? Still a very, very young group here, but how are they going to try to defend this Packers offense this week? Ridiculously young. I mentioned they undrafted free agents. Um, it'll be very interesting. We have a third rounder named Ify Malafanwu, um, who was drafted this year, but Again, he's a rookie third-round cornerback. He's not meant to step in here and be a starter at cornerback. We saw what happened last year with Akuda against Adams being thrown into the fire immediately as a starter. It doesn't work out well. So Aaron Rodgers is really, um, you know, I think catching a good break here in terms of facing a secondary that is uh, dealing with injuries, obviously, to Akuda, but just inexperience as well, and we've seen in the past um, him exploit that. I mean, look, a Warrior, what was it, the second play of the game last year when they were at Ford Field? Mm-hmm. Uh, Devontae Adams just gets a little button hook and takes it for 70 yards. Um, and a Warrior is probably our number one corner, and he's going to go up against Adams again. Now, the Lions fought back, and they fought hard in that game, actually, shockingly, <laughs> uh, considering their roster that they had last year. But, yeah, um, Tracy Walker and Will Harris are our safeties. And that'll be interesting. Uh, Will Harris, a lot of praise from the coaching staff and and from the Patricia era too. But he constantly takes bad ankles um, and misses tackles. But sometimes he makes really great plays. But it's it's more the former than the latter, unfortunately. If he he's going to really need to step up in this game uh, and hit some guys hard over the middle to make them think twice at least when going over the middle if they want to have um, any chance of holding this offense down a little bit. Uh, but yeah, so really young. But really exciting, Ify Melifanu, the highest RAS score. I don't know if you guys know what RAS score, the relative athletic score that they do um, for the draft. He, he had one of the highest ever for a cornerback. So we're really excited about him long term. Uh, but him stepping up right away against Devontae Adams or, um, you know, Marquez Veldis, Scanling or Randall Cobb or whoever it may be. Although Cobb's more a slot guy, right? So Yeah, at would, this stage for sure. And, and again, that might be exposed uh, because we have an undrafted rookie uh, free agent, A.J. Parker from Kansas State, um, filling that slot right, <laughs> slot corner position. So a lot of inexperience, but, you know, th- this is what the Lions are building for the long term. Uh, but it'll be really interesting to see. The Lions are going to need to get pressure on riders to make sure these guys are not holding um, – or covering for three, four seconds, because mm-hmm. that, that will not be pretty. Listen, Big Z, I, I've only got one more question for you. We appreciate you taking the time to, to join us here on a, on a, um, on a Thursday night. Um, strengths. Where do you see the strengths of this Detroit Lions team this year in this moment? Because I, I think that, um, you know, Packer fans – um, are, are coming into this um, with a lot of unknowns with this new Detroit coaching staff. And I know that you've only got a limited look, but you've been following them very closely. You're an expert on this team. So where do you see the strengths of this team? And where do you see this Lions team building? What do they want to build on as this season progresses? I think easily our strength is, is our offensive line. You have an all-pro uh, center in Frank Rag now. Uh, now Taylor Decker is hurt, but we saw Panay Sewell step up last week. Uh and as, as a rookie, seventh overall pick, uh, and pretty much stalwart uh, Nick Bosa. 
And the, the Lions had over 120 rushing yards. Now they had to, or 116 rush yards, uh, averaging about five a carry. But that was, um, yeah, they would have had a lot more if the game didn't get out of hand so quick with a pick six and such like that. Again, Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift. The, the run game and the offensive line, I think, is absolutely our strength. And I think the key to this game, as a matter of fact, if the Lions can keep the Packers' offense off the field for as long as possible by mm-hmm. establishing a strong running game, it gives them a really good chance in this game to possibly pull the upset on the road. I don't think I don't think the Packers are quite where they want to be at. I think we might be catching them at a good time this early in the year in Green Bay, especially not having to play on the frozen tundra. But I would definitely say offensive line um, because we need to give Jared Goff as long as he can to survey the field. Uh, he, he seemed yeah, like any quarterback, you know, uh, that gets more time, they, they're more successful. But I would absolutely say offensive line. Now, the, the caveat is that right tackle position where we have our uh, – replacement uh, tackle, Matt Nelson, former D lineman converted to offensive line. Mm-hmm. He's only been an offensive lineman for two years. Um, he, he fills in admirably. He'll, he'll be like a 50 to 60, like per PFF score usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not going to get elite level blocking out of him. But the left side and with big V at right guard healthy right now and drag now, um, establishing that run game is key. So I'd say offensive line and the run game. Yeah, and, and Zach, I was just kind of chuckling to myself because um, I I don't know if a, a lot of Packer fans realize this, but our old uh, nemesis, Dom Capers, is a senior yeah. defensive uh, assistant on the That's Detroit right. staff. Uh, it's annual tradition for Packer fans to want to fire the defensive coordinator. <laughs> I think uh, Coach Barry lasted about a quarter before uh, most of a Packer Twitter was calling for his head. I don't even know if technically he lasted that long. I think once he announced the hire, uh, half of Packer Twitter was off the bandwagon. But um, we might have Packer fans still calling for Dom Caper's head, even though he's on the Detroit sideline this week. Um, (laughs) Anyway, it's not really a question in there. But, uh, Zach, I I do want to get a prediction from you before you go. And we're homers, so we won't hold it against you uh, if you make a homer prediction particularly given how poorly the Packers played last week uh, so I'm not not trying to set you up at all but I don't know oh, any sure. chance to, to think about what your prediction is uh, for Monday night absolutely man uh so you know my podcast is drinking the blue kool-aid it is the name and I gotta live up to it you know uh so Alliance, 11-point underdogs, right? I don't know if that line's yeah. changed at all but 11-point underdogs Dan Campbell first time going to Lambeau Field uh you know, Lions have some injuries, but I do think we're catching the Packers at the right time. And I think if there's ever a chance uh, for this team to kind of pull off an upset, first of all, this is their only primetime game of the year besides Thanksgiving. Okay. So we're, we're going to give it our all, especially with Dan Campbell at the helm. Uh, I'm going to go 31-26 Detroit Lions. Uh, laugh at me if you want, but we'll see who's laughing after Monday night. Uh, again, I drink the blue Kool-Aid on this team and uh, – when Patricia at the end of Patricia era, it was definitely running out. Uh, it was pretty dry at the barrel, but uh, right now, <laughs> maybe uh, especially after that comeback in the second half, seeing some of the adjustments our coaching staff made, I hope they can continue and bring that into this game as well. Zach, you are not allowed back on the podcast. With that <laughs> no, we're great not, stuff. We're not real. laughing you. at you. We're laughing nervously. <laughs> uh, yeah, Zach, uh, thank you very much with a uh, fellow podcaster with the Pigskin Podcast Network. Check it out, Packer fans. If you want 
uh, an opposing uh, perspective headed into this week or after the game. Uh, some really good stuff over there. So, Zach, thank you so much for joining us this week. Yeah, absolutely, gentlemen. We'll have to have you back on uh, for the other uh, ap- the, the second game of the year. And we'd I, love it. We have a segment on our uh, podcast called "Entering the Lions Den." So, you'll, <laughs> bring it you'll on have to enter in the Lions Den. That's right. All right, thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. Thanks, yep. Zach. Thanks, have a good Zach. Night. Enjoy your Monday night. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Uh, that's so, fun. Dane, that was some really good stuff there. That's great. I mean, yeah. I, it's always really good to get uh, that deep dive perspective because I think we look at it kind of from the opposite sidelines. You don't necessarily really know exactly what to expect. So, yeah, Wags, and I just want to plug that. I mean, uh, we're so fortunate to be part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. It's allowing us, it's a upstart brand new network uh, that we're a part of as the, the Packers representation. Uh, they've got representation from every single team in the NFL. Uh, and it's giving us a, a great opportunity, Wags, right, to, to be able to bring um, different guests on each week from, from opposing viewpoints from the opposing team and really give a readout in a way that I don't think you and I ever would be able to get a glimpse into the other team. So thanks again to Zach and to the Pigskin Podcast Network for making this happen. For sure. Um, I do want to, before we get into our own X factors and predictions, didn't have a ton of time to break down what our expectations are for the Packers offense this week. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I know we were talking kind of high level and broadly uh, about, you know, what we need, but what are some things that you expect to see uh, from this Packers offense and, and how they're going to attack Detroit this week? We heard from Zach. They've obviously got a very young secondary. I, I don't think this is the strongest defense that we're going to be facing by any means, but um, what can the Packers do in your mind to get things back on track and have a, a, a much better performance? Run the ball. They're going to run the ball. I think the Packers are going to run the heck out of the ball this week. And I think that they'll throw um, once once they establish the run. I expect more of a play action this week. This this offense, it, when it's rolling, it's rolling with that play action. I think Aaron Jones gets rolling early and often, Wags. Uh, just looking across the board, and even with the Lucas Patrick potential injury this week, um, you know, looking at Al McNeil and Nick Williams uh, up front, um, some of the linebackers that, that, that Detroit has as well. I've got a lot of respect for Jamie Collins, uh, but some of the other guys are, are, frankly, guys I'm not all that familiar with. I think it's a young defense across the board, and I think that this is a week where the Packers, um, after last week's dismal performance, are going to come back out with a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder. They're going to play a lot more physical, run downhill, run the ball, pound it early, pound it often. And then um, these young DBs are going to be creeping up as the Packers run the ball. And then I think that's when Aaron Rodgers takes takes his shots. And I think Rodgers is going to be very aggressive this week. But I think it all is predicated on the Packers running the ball to start the game. Is there any concern on your part? Or something I've been thinking this week that this Packer offense might look a little bit more like our 2019 offense, which was good. But even within games, oftentimes inconsistent, uh, where we would look really, really good for two series, and then we would go four series in a row without getting more than like one first down and having to punt the ball every time. Right. And that would be extremely frustrating, where it was so hot and cold really quickly. My, my concern with this offense right now is that there just may be a lack of uh, timing and rhythm and, and, and frankly, maybe even some trust. Uh, they didn't get a lot of work together 
this offseason. Yeah. Um, and I hate to keep harping on that. I think it's going to be a common theme. But uh, while this Detroit Lions defense is, is, is definitely a defense that should, you know, cure some ills, um, if the, it's it's really more about the Packers for me. So I, I don't know if I, and I guess maybe I'm being a little bit overly cautious, but I, I'm not sure that there's a magic, you know, button that we push and all of a sudden this is an offense that's just clicking on all cylinders again. Um, it doesn't really matter if they're, you know, missing guys are not on the same page. Um, you're going to be punching the ball. So um, I, I'll, I'll be curious to see what the consistency level is mm-hmm. with the offense. I know they can move the football. I, I, it's not that I've lost faith in Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Adams or any of these guys on the offense. Um, it's just about playing together uh, as an 11-man unit and uh, being consistent and, and executing. Um, and then, frankly, Coach LaFleur has got to come up with a better – uh, way to execute his game plan uh, because yeah. he got completely off track uh, last week as well. So, um, so Dane, any other thoughts, uh, you know, from a pass catching perspective, and, and maybe this kind of leads into an X factor prediction. Sure. I don't know. So I don't want to step on that, but is there anyone outside of Devonte Adams that the Packers need to get going or does it just start with him and everybody else follows this? Role? I think it's MV or I think it's uh Devante Adams and then the rest of the team follows his lead. I really do. Um, I, I, I would expect that Devante gets the lion's share pun 100% not intended of their uh, looks this week and the reception, especially against some young DBs, as Zach had just mentioned. Um, but then from there, um, as as the defense needs to shift to try to take away Devontae, that's where I think everybody else starts to eat. Um, I expect, um, but I do expect Rodgers to be able to look and find more targets this week. I want to see him spreading the ball around. Um, I, I think that um, in week one, something that was interesting is that Amari Rogers ended up playing quite a bit in the slot and Randall Cobb was playing later in the game. I wouldn't be surprised if in week two, we see a little bit more Randall Cobb. I know that's counterintuitive, but I would expect to see, I think they're going to mix a lot of different guys in getting a lot of snaps, but Wags, I think Devonte Adams is the guy. Obviously he's the guy, but I think everything starts with him. Um, and then probably a, a um, distant second would be MVS. Clearly Rodgers went to him early on a fourth down conversion. He got about a 20% share of the looks last week, seven looks. It's, that's, that's pretty significant actually to look at, but I, I, I do think he's still a distant second and that um, in duress and in times of need, Rodgers is going to be looking at Devontae more often than not. And Aaron specifically, what do you expect to see from him this week? Uh, a bounce back. I think he's going to play very well. I, I Wags, I'll tell you what. I, I don't think that he's going to have 350 yards and four touchdowns. And that's because I think the Packers are going to run the ball. Um, so I, I think that that's, that's part of it. But I think Rodgers is going to get his. And I think that he's going to move the ball better than he did last week. I still think he's going to be shaking off some cobwebs, to be honest with you. I don't think that this is going to be peak Aaron Rodgers performance, but it's not going to be anywhere near as bad as it was last week. I, I I would expect him in the 250 yard range, a couple touchdowns, moving the ball, moving the chains, um, a couple frustrating series, maybe here or there, but I think that he's going to be able to find his guys and start to develop a rhythm. Um, so I expect a bounce back game, not an all world MVP Aaron Rodgers. Um, uh, performance, but uh, kind of going back to your your concern that you had a uh, potential concern you mes- mentioned earlier about 
Is this more of the 2019 offense potentially? I think it falls somewhere in between the 2019 and the 2020. I can't imagine them hitting that 2020 uh, numbers again. But I also think that in year three under Coach LaFleur, we're going to see some, uh, you know, so uh, better than that, that first year in that offense. So I find it somewhere in the middle and I expect Aaron Rodgers numbers to come back down to earth some and particularly this week. But I think this is going to be a good week to kind of work some of the kinks out and Rodgers is going to have a nice, fine performance and better than fine, a good performance. Yeah. Listen, it's a long season. I'm not going to sell him short that by the middle or later in the season, they're not running on all cylinders again, like they did last year. I, I just, I'm not sure it's going to happen overnight. I, I, so I, I guess I'm thinking that there's still going to be some inconsistencies here early in the season, no matter who they're playing. So, but we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. I, I would love to see us just be firing on all cylinders again next week and every week moving forward. Um, so Dean, let's get into the X factors. Um, yeah. I'm going to let you lead it off again this week. I, I do have uh, a few guys that I'm circling and uh, we're, Let's just say it. we were both wrong, but there was no X factors last week, unfortunately. Um, But I I think we're going to get a bounce back performance from the team. And I think there's going to be some guys that are going to contribute to have a a significant impact. So uh, I'll let you lead it off. Who do you got? I I think I tip my hand, but it's MVS. I think Valdez Scantling's going to have a really nice game. The fact that Rodgers was looking at him last week, I think Aaron would like to get him going early in the season, build that confidence. He had such a good camp. Uh, he proved, um, you know, in a big moment before the game got completely out of hand that he can catch the ball and move the chains. Uh, I would expect MVS on the offensive side of the ball uh, to get looks early and often. I don't know if he matches Devante, but I, I think that MVS is just going to be that guy. I think Detroit, frankly, I think Detroit tries everything they can to take away Devontae Adams, which is a lot easier said than done. So Devontae is going to eat, but MVS is going to eat as well. And um, he's the receiver, the other receiver this week that shows up. And I think it could be a rotating cast as the season progresses. But this week it's MVS in week two against the young secondary might take one to the house early on, big shot from Rodgers. And I think Rodgers is going to be looking against a full crowd at Lambeau Field to try to make one of those aha moments and kind of quiet some of the uh, some of the haters. And I think he's going to look for MBS to, to make that play, and MBS is going to deliver. I love that call, and, and I think – uh, if that's that's definitely a, a distinct possibility. If he's not able to connect, the guy that I circled was was Big Bob Tunyon. I think mm. the weakness of of this Detroit Lions defense is actually uh, at that second level in their linebacker core. And I think Bob Tunyon had kind of a quiet game amongst everyone last week. But I think there's a comfort level. You said it. They're going to run the ball, but I think getting some rhythm passes to our tight ends and getting uh, Robert Tunyon uh, more heavily involved in this game plan this week uh, could lead mm. to uh, some additional opportunities, uh, both between uh, the 20s as well as in the red zone. So uh, I like Bob Tunyon to uh, have a, a couple of impact plays this week, and I think he's going to be definitely having his name called a little bit more uh, to try to get get this offense uh, in a little bit more of a rhythm. Uh, I, I I don't want Aaron to feel like he needs to cure his ills by taking big shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what we've seen uh, from him in, at times in the past when this offense hasn't been clicking on all cylinders. Um, I'd like 
obviously Devonte. I, I don't think he qualifies really as an X factor. Um, <laughs> he's but, the factor, Wags. He's yeah, A through. He's A through Z. <laughs> to me, to me, I think the second second guy in the pass catching uh, role this week is going to be in the tight end position, and with Deguara likely to be out. Um, it's going to be the number one guy in Bob Tanyan. So I'm going with him as the X factor on the offensive side of the ball. That's great. And and I I mean, you got to think that Tanyan's going to get going, at, you know, at some point this season. And Roger, and it's early, and Rogers loves looking his way, right? And he was my X factor last week. So I all of a sudden I'm sitting here going, man, maybe I should have taken Tanyan this week again. For sure. For sure. So, Wait, so do you on defensive side here? Um, do you want to go first this week? I'd love to hear who your X factor is with the Packers on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, you know, this is going to be kind of a this is a guy came on the podcast. We love him. I'm going with a deeper pull in TJ Slayton. I've got him as the X factor. I think this defensive line uh, struggled a little bit. I like what we've seen from TJ Slayton. And I think this is a week where he's going to get more snaps. And I think he is going to be needed to get a push Mm. up the middle next to Kenny Clark. Um, I didn't listen like Kinsley Kiki. He struggled a lot last week. Um, So I, I I don't know if, if Kiki, I think he'll bounce back and, and he'll get plenty of opportunities out there, but I think, we might see more of TJ Slayton out there. We might see a little bit more uh, of, of Heflin out there as well, yeah. uh, because uh, we, I, I, for my taste, we got a little more Tyler Lancaster than I'd like. Um, and it seemed like they just went with the more experienced guys in week one. But uh, we talked about Eric Stokes earlier. I think we start to see some of these other young guys that really had very, very strong camps get some more snaps out there. And, and I like what TJ Slayton can do both against the run but then I also think that he can actually be disruptive in past situations as well. And if between he and uh, Kenny Clark, they can put some pressure on Jared Goff up the middle, that's going to be significant impact uh, to be disruptive. I don't know if he gets a sack, but he might cause a sack or cause uh, you know a turnover by his disruption. So uh, I think uh, this week is going to be a little bit of a coming out party for our buddy, uh, TJ Slayton. So I got him as our X factor this week. It's a great choice. And, and Wags is a good time. I think to let folks know anybody who's watching live, we do this. Um, so we're, we're doing this live on our Facebook right now, but then it's available on iTunes and, and Spotify and basically wherever you get your YouTube, wherever you get your um your, your podcast. And so those of us that are, those of you that are listening to that uh, as a podcast uh, after the live, you know, we also record 7.30 PM central time every Thursday um, before a Sunday or a Monday football game. And I mentioned that because you may have seen or heard me gasp when Wag said, um, you know, a guy who's been on our podcast for an X factor. And it's because I'm actually also picking a guy who's been on our podcast, a friend of our podcast, but it's not the same guy. It's Shandon Sullivan is going to be my X factor this week. And it's as simple as this. History is going to kind of repeat itself. Last year, Shannon Sullivan had a pick six against Matt Stafford. This year, Shannon Sullivan's going to have a pick six against Jared Goff, both times at Lambeau Field, this time with a full house, maybe a Lambeau leap in there. But I think that Goff is going to get on his heels, Wags, 
Uh, maybe be, uh, in part because of TJ Slayton stopping the run early on, getting in his face a little bit. But I think that Goff in the third and fourth quarter is going to have to try to mount a comeback. And our boy Shandon Showtime Sullivan is just going to happen to be the guy that's going to jump the route and take it back to the house. So Shannon Sullivan, he's going to be out there. He's going to get a lot of snaps this week. I think he's going to play some of the star position for Coach Barry. He's going to be moving around the field a little bit. He's going to get his hands on one, take one back. Yeah, I love my picks, but I love your picks more because if both of those things happen, I think the Packers win by quite a bit. That's right. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so we'll see. I think we may have tipped our hand for our predictions, but Dane, I, I I think those are some some really solid choices, and uh, why not shameless plug? But these are guys that are you know, make impact on the defense, yes. so uh, it goes both directions for sure. Um, so prediction time. You have any strong feelings one way or the other? I think I'm going to go first because yeah, please please I'm, do. I'm being a little bit of a Debbie Downer this week still after our <laughs> our uh, some lingering effects of our week one performance. I am going. Don't worry predicting the Packers to win. I'm going to say that up front, but I think it's closer. I think the lions are a team that uh, we've tend to have more trouble with than we'd like to admit over the last few years um, with, with the fire that they showed at the end of that game last week, uh, something the Packers didn't do. Uh, I think with the, you know, this new coaching staff, uh, they're going to be ready to go. Uh, so uh, this is not a Packers team that, I think can just flip a switch right now. They need to come out and just focus on playing much, much better football. Uh, So I don't think this is going to be a blowout, unfortunately. Um, And I think the Packers are going to do enough to get out ahead. Uh, And I don't know that we're going to feel like it's in danger per se, but I think Detroit, uh, you know, scores late to to make it look a little bit closer Mm. uh, in the final score than perhaps what it is in the fourth quarter. Uh, But nonetheless, it's enough to make us a little bit uncomfortable throughout the game. Um, Detroit uh, has a a pair of running backs and and Swift. And of course, Jamal Williams that I think can, can cause us some problems. Uh, TJ Hawkinson is a little bit of a um, a mismatch uh, for their side of the ball as well. This is a Detroit defense that I don't really have a lot of concerns about if I'm being perfectly honest with you. Uh, But, I still have quite a few concerns about our offense uh, at this point. I think they're going to look a lot better, but ultimately I think this is a game the Packers uh, win, but uh, don't score a significant amount of points. And it's going to be 27 to 24 in -hmm. favor of the Packers at the end. Okay. Well, listen, I don't like my heart rate going up. Bring me up. I like like the win. So listen, I'm already up. That's good. Um, I think that between – I think the defense smothers Detroit this week. I really do. Um, I, I, I think that they got a bit of a bad rap last week. They got they got caught on their heels early. It was 100-plus degrees out. They got tired, you know, ball game. Uh, this week, Wags, um, I already told you I think Janet Sullivan's taking one back to the house. I'm calling my player. Um, I think that Rodgers – uh, moves the ball, but I really think Aaron Jones has a ridiculously good performance as well. And I'll just leave it at that. 38-28, the Packers win. They don't cover the spread, so sorry, gamblers. But I don't think the game's really in doubt. Uh, I think that in the fourth quarter, the Packers are running the ball, and they're just calling a clock in it. Packers are going to win this one going away. I, I Listen, I don't want to, like, 
get on your prediction. I, I appreciate you're <laughs> much more optimistic than I am. But Packers defense is going to smother the Lions, and they're yes. still going to give up 28 points. Uh, I thought we were going to get like 38 to 10 here. Oh, it's garbage go time. It's garbage time. It's fourth quarter. God, you know, we're playing back. Kevin King might be out there giving up a touchdown. You know how it goes. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah. Um, We'll take the win either way after that that performance in week one, for sure. Um, hopefully, this is a little bit of a get-right game, something to build on, and we can start uh, you know, looking back at, like the team we were last year uh, by week three or week four because you can't take weeks off. Uh, they've had one clunker. Uh, they need to get back and track in a hurry here this week. Uh, so, Dane, any other thoughts uh, that you wanted to get off your chest here? Um, or anything else you're looking forward to for Monday night before we sign off? Just a win. We got to win this game because if we go zero and two, everything gets louder. All, all you know, and, and and frankly, I get a little bit more nervous too. Uh, this this could become a long season pretty darn quickly. Um, not looking ahead past that week, but the schedule doesn't get any easier. Um, I think that the key to this season early on is going to be to be winning division games. You've got to win your division games. You win your division games, you're probably making the playoffs, right? You're, you are making the playoffs. So win your division games, take care of business. Packers haven't had a full, full house at Lambeau in quite some time. If they come out flat in front of that crowd in that moment on national TV, that's a huge problem, Wag. So I'm going to be looking for this team to be flying around and playing and having some fun. And if that's not happening, that's when I might uh, start pressing that panic alarm. But if they get out there and they get after it on Monday night, um, you know, I, I'm going to feel a lot better uh, than I do right now. Yeah, and my wet blanket response to that is they can't rely on emotion and energy in a 60-minute football game. Uh, it's going to come down to execution. But I, I think they'll be better. I, I, I do. Um, so all is not lost. I will get there. Uh, I'm just uh, a little bit nervous that this is not going to be a team that uh, is going to be blowing anyone out of the water. Normally, this is the Detroit Lions team that I would be right there with you, if not more so in the prediction department. So it's really more about what we saw from our own Packers this last week than it is about the opponent. So, um, yeah, folks, thanks so much for joining us here. For those of that you that checked us out on the live feed on Facebook and YouTube, uh, we will be publishing this uh, to download and listen to pod. Um, and for those of you that are still with us on the pod, thanks so much for listening. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, every Thursday night, 730 Central, we will be live on Facebook or YouTube. So if you just want to pop in, say hello, uh, leave us a, a comment or a question in the chat, uh, you can do that as well. So um, thanks very much for joining. And uh, thanks to, to Zach as well for joining us and, and sharing uh, some insight on the Lions. Uh, that was really great be able to to get that and hope you guys enjoy getting that opposing perspective here uh, we'll definitely try to make that a regular thing throughout this season so um i think that does it here for tonight dane say it with me go pack go go pack go we're gonna go hard we've been that team ever since bart star all my cheese heads go pack go ain't show with no mercy cutting no slack no i ain't a bad sport and i'll even wish you good luck only thing i will say